Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to, as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, Data Mesh Understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. Weekly episode summaries and programming notes for the week of September 17th, 2023. So I had a fun time at CDOIQ Europe this past week down in Switzerland, and I'm actually off to Big Data London this next week. So, um, But from the CDOIQ, I heard repeatedly from tens of companies that they are struggling to gain the momentum to really get going in earnest on their data mesh journeys. If this is the case for your company, please just reach out right? I have advisory services literally for this exact reason. I'm not going to cost an arm and a leg. I've talked to hundreds of people on on this topic and similar ones around data mesh. I, I can honestly help. If you aren't willing to ask for help and lean on others, your journey is likely not going to succeed. We're still so early in this. It's hard to put together the pieces from just what's out there publicly. And I'm saying this from somebody who's interviewed well over 100 people. Right. Let's though, you know, I think if you really want to succeed, you're going to have to talk to others, bounce ideas off, have those conversations. That's literally why one of my services is called data mesh therapy, because people just need to vent and, and find constructive ways to move forward. So but with that, let's get on to lighter topics. What's on tap for this week? On Monday, we have episode 252, designing and building a better data governance approach with Lauren Maffeo. So similar to some past episodes around governance, this is a high empathy one about getting better, you know, not going immediately to trying to do elite data governance. How do you automate things so you have less cognitive load on domains, learning how to do governance? How do you shift governance left in the development process, et cetera? There's a lot of great reminders on good practice that all should really think about and and take to heart. Then on Friday, we have episode 253, Data Mesh Implementation Success Metrics, Data Quality, Mesh Musings 53. This is the one that actually inspired me to start writing books. I I started writing a book on Data Mesh uh, Success Metrics, and then I realized that we need to have one on Data Mesh Success Factors, so that's where I'm just starting to focus. I just started writing that um, after I wrote, you know, (laughs) 200 pages of Data Mesh Success Metrics. I realized I just needed to I was writing too much about the actual success factors. So let's get to that one first. (laughs) But this topic, this one was only supposed to be maybe 10 minutes and the episode is 40. Yes, it's a big and important topic, but still that shocked me 
that success metrics specifically only about data quality, I could talk about for 40 minutes. There's just so much hidden under the surface, not just like what to measure, but how to measure at the implementation level rather than just only the data product level, or worse, just trying to sum things up, uh, you know, at the data product level or, or at your overall implementation. Just, you know, how do you think about getting a realistic picture of how you're doing relative to data quality and not just these generic things of we're at 98% data quality? What does that mean? That means nothing, Right. There's a lot in there and and a lot of, honestly, I think really good analogies. It's far too long, but I think it's still worth a listen. So with that, we'll go into the extended summary for Lauren's episode. Extended summary for episode 252, Designing and Building a Better Data Governance Approach, interview with Lauren Maffeo. So in this episode, I interviewed Lauren, who's the author of the book, Designing Data Governance from the Ground Up, and an adjunct lecturer at George Washington University. To be clear, she was only representing her own views on the episode. Lauren started with a somewhat common refrain for this podcast, the pace of data practice maturation around governance and data practices as a whole is just not keeping pace with innovation in other aspects of software and how they are, you know, innovating and how they're maturing and things like that. Even the pace of the conversation is not maturing as fast. Cybersecurity is maturing very quickly, for example. But we're just not seeing something like that in data. So companies are just not ready to really derive a lot of value from things like machine learning or natural language processing because it's the quality isn't there and the practices aren't there and you know some of the tooling's not there it's just really hard for a lot of people to ha- kind of make the intuitive leap because as an industry data is just not as mature as it probably should be and it's not maturing as quickly as it should be so it's falling further and further behind One of the big issues around industry maturity and data governance for Lauren is that there isn't even a large community around data governance. So there isn't a larger cohesive conversation around data governance best practices. Personal note here, it's really hard to have a broader conversation too around data governance because approaches and practice vary extremely widely and data governance has about 15 varied subtopics that deserve their own focus rather than being lumped under a huge umbrella of kind of other that data governance has become. I think this is really, really coming to the fore in data mesh conversations where people's data governance approaches and needs are incredibly varied based on where they're starting and how they're kind of focusing early in their, their journey. So it's really hard to say this is the the way a good maturation process looks around mesh governance because everybody's starting from a different starting point. And so, you know, the end point is we're all kind of looking to get to the same place, but it is, uh, it's just a very, very different journey along the way. So 
most cybersecurity breaches, Lauren pointed out, are caused by internal employees making a mistake and you know getting fished or something like that. So how do we think about that relative to data? Is that people creating low quality data and or is it people not being data fluent enough to actually make good decisions based on data? In cybersecurity, there's a big emphasis on training people to see what an attack looks like. Should we take the same approach in data regarding bad quality data? And Lauren said, quote, you really have to embed data literacy into very strategic ways of communicating with the organization and educating them that way. Without that approach, I think very little progress can actually be made. So I think this is an interesting thing to reflect on. Why are people making bad decisions with data? Is it that the data itself is not high quality enough or are they just not data fluent enough or does people not being data fluent enough then <laughs> beget bad quality data and then people make decisions on bad quality data and they also don't understand the data well enough to really make the decisions. It's, it's an interesting thing that can get you kind of in a thought loop. Lauren talked about how few companies are really going broad with their data literacy programs, training up a large number of their employees. There's a lot of talk about that as part of data governance pr programs, but few are walking the walk. And she believes it's not that hard to get people to a relatively data fluent level, understanding SQL, being able to more easily spot low quality data, etc. She said, quote, we'll do the data governance later later is something that she just keeps seeing coming up right it's it's in a lot of conversations governance is seen as something that can be layered on like a coat of paint at the end of you know a wall being manufactured you know a wall being put up or a car being manufactured or something like that but because good governance is intrinsic to data quality and matching to the actual business use case Trying to do it later, whether at the kind of data product level or at the data mesh journey level or any data transformation level, it rarely leads to good results. Don't save it for later. When asked about selling the return on investment of data governance work, Lauren admitted that it's often quite nebulous, the return is, but data governance is so key that people know they need it despite not being super clear on the specific value of the work. And you can roll out your data governance, tech, policies, and processes at a reasonable pace, creating some definitions in a sandbox to show people how it will work. She's a really big, you know, proponent of the idea of a sandbox to get people used to new governance practices and tech. It isn't as though everything changes suddenly. If it's that you're working towards better data practices that will drive value for the organization. Fail fast is, she said, quote, the essence of innovation is in tech, right? Again, the essence of innovation in tech. So we need to embrace this fail fast far more, but still safely and sanely in data. This keeps coming up. Anybody who's coming from the software wor world is saying fail fast, fail fast. And I haven't seen a great approach to it in data. And what what does a failure look like? It's it's not necessarily that this project has failed, but in data, that's kind of been the meaning of failure. So do we have to redefine the word failure at, to something that's a much smaller thing? And it's just, this didn't work out as well as we wanted, so we're going to iterate on it. 
Uh, Lauren also said, quote, we also can't afford for leaders of any department to not know what quality data looks like for their teams because their success, the success of their teams depends on having quality data that their customers trust. So we all need to be in this together and have domains really owning and understanding their data. That can't be on a central data team, right? That can't be the responsibility of a central data team. Gamification is one thing Lauren is seeing work for improving data literacy or fluency in a lot of organizations. It is a great pathway to creating a a data-driven culture. Make learning about data fun and give out rewards and things. Uh, HelloFresh in one of the early meetups for Data Mesh Learning talked about this too. And the people that I've talked to that have put in good gamification programs around literacy are seeing better engagement. It just kind of works. Lauren wrapped on a simple message, automate your standards. It is easy to have your tech and standard processes quickly lose alignment if you don't have them automated. If you aren't making things easy for people via automation, that alignment really, those two will mature in different ways and become less and less aligned over time. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey, helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. Now on to that fun, funky little outro music.